Hey, how are we doing today, guys? So uh, it is New Year's Eve, and I, I have already failed all my New Year's resolutions. I am 100% certain of it. I don't know about y'all, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, that it's already happened. So we're going to actually have the ushers go ahead and come forward, and they're going to collect your offering. If you're new here, don't feel like you're obligated to give. We just, uh, for regular members of this church, we feel like that tithing and uh, with our money is a way that we choose to trust God. So if y'all don't know me, guys, my name is Riley Reinhardt. I'm the youth minister here at Fairdale Christian Church. And before we get started, I just, I, as I've been thinking about this past year, I was thinking about all the things that I have to be grateful for. And so for, for those of y'all that don't know, this past year I was, I was married. In the same year that I got married, me and my wife are uh, expecting a baby coming in April. Yeah. And I've been a part of this church for a little over a year now. And so I hope that you guys aren't, aren't tired of me yet or you want to you get rid of me because I plan on sticking around for a little while. Yeah. Thank you, guys. So the question um, that I have for us today and the topic that we're going to be discussing um, is, is Sabbath. And before we get started, I just want to say that this Sabbath is an in-depth thing, and I am not going to be able to cover everything that I want to today. And so if you have more questions, I recommend actually reading a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, um, which is very helpful if you want to study Sabbath and, and practice it in the 21st century because this is a practice that we've kind of lost this is a practice that we've gotten out of the habit of doing and that book is really helpful for going even deeper into this topic um, but i'm really excited to be talking about that today so if we're honest about our new year's resolutions new year's is always about doing more right if i came up to you and I said, my goal is to do nothing for this next year. I actually don't want to do anything. Everybody in here would think I'm crazy, right? Y'all would think I'm nuts. And so I actually wanted to show y'all my notebook from last year um, that, I, that I wrote a lot of my New Year's resolutions on. And as you can see, this notebook is full of just notes and, and different ideas that I had about the new year. And guess what? How, how much of those things do you think I actually accomplished? I, okay, I got like a few things done. I literally, like when I looked back at it, I saw, I had like these big goals like wake up at 6 a.m. every day or work out every single day. And the ones that I accomplished were like, go skiing this year. <laughs> or, uh, you know, do something fun. I accomplished all my fun ones, but all the, all the hard ones I, I didn't make. And... It's, it's hard to think about New Year's resolutions in terms of doing less. When you run into me, and let's say we, let's say we run into the Kroger at New Cut, and we're in the cereal aisle, and I'm getting cereal because that is my wife's like number one pregnancy um, food that she loves right now is cereal and milk. She has about a gallon of milk every day and about two or three bowls of cereal a day. And you run into me. And you're telling me about all your New Year's resolutions. You're going to go see a Taylor Swift concert that you paid $2,000 to go and see. You're going to start your new Jazzercise butt workout uh, so, you have a, so you have a great looking butt for 2024. You tell me, um, you tell me that you're going to spend less money 
get in better shape, and, for, and, and you might be bald, but you somehow have decided that you're going to grow a new head of hair. And as we're talking, I'm listening, I'm nodding, I'm excited. And you ask me, well, Riley, what are you going to do? And I say, man, I'm not going to do anything. You would, again, you would think I was insane. You would think I was crazy. But what I think we can learn from Sabbath is that a lot of times, New Year shouldn't be about doing more. It actually should be about doing less because we want to do things and have our priorities centered around what matters most. I, I think it's a problem when I, I sometimes, because we're obsessed with doing more and accomplishing more, I have this problem where sometimes if, I, if I'm talking to somebody and they ask me, hey, Riley, like, what, are, what are you up to? My initial response, sadly, is often to convey just how busy I actually am. When, the, when they say, well, what are you doing? I, I want to talk about how busy I am at work or how busy I am at home with, with the new baby coming on the way. I want to talk about how, um, I want to talk about something very important. And when people ask me that question a lot of times, sadly, I have a sense of like, I want them to know just how important I am. So I'm going to tell them every single thing that I do so that I feel important. And in the times when somebody's came in and I was on my phone and I literally wasn't doing anything and they asked me, hey, Riley, what are you doing? And I probably should have just said nothing, but I even find myself sometimes faking that I have a lot going on because I, I want to feel important. Do any of you guys feel that way? That when you're not doing something, when you're not doing something important or you don't feel important, you get a sense of anxiety inside you, you feel like something's not right? What about for, for a lot of us, what about when you go home and maybe let's say you enter your house and let's say no, one, no one's home and you have literally nothing to do. You might have been at work all day and you sit down and you think to yourself, I don't have anything to do. And you feel your phone in your back pocket and you're like, ah, maybe I'll get on my phone right now, maybe not. You try to, you try to hold out for a little bit, but you realize that you feel anxious just sitting there, not doing anything. I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I, I feel that way almost every single day. I think that a lot of times we have equated doing more with being happy. We've subscribed to this, this message that doing more makes us feel better, and that makes us like live in a, in a happier way. Like it, it makes us live a happier life. Even like our version of rest is filled with more and more busyness. We cannot get away from wanting to do more. But what happens when most of us believe that by doing more, we are worth more? Because that's kind of the core issue behind it, is that we think that the things we do are what makes us ourselves. That if we just stopped doing something, if we stopped working, if we lost our job tomorrow, if we lost some activity tomorrow, then we would be worth absolutely nothing. But this is what happens when you believe that you are what you do. We had over, sadly in America, we had over 50,000 suicides this past year. In America, 58% of Americans say they didn't feel like they had anyone they knew 
that they could actually trust and rely on. They, Americans said they feel like they didn't have anyone that knew them well. And let me ask you this question. Is the house that you built last year the house that you want to live in again this year? On the outside, when people saw your life, did they see excitement and confetti and great pictures? But then on the inside, this might have been the worst year you ever had in your life. Are you tired? Are you stressed out? Do you feel like you're tired of just listening to everybody else's schedule and actually not doing the things that you care about most? Do you feel like you haven't even had time to think or even decide what you like, let alone spend time with God and, and reading scripture or in prayer? Are you tired? Are you, are you burnt out? I know as followers of Jesus, we're called to live differently, but how are we supposed to do that? In a world that tells us you have to work 60 hours a week if you want to make enough money to even afford a house, how are we supposed to live differently? And I think the, the practice that I want us to look at today, the practice of Sabbath, is, is the answer to getting this idea that we are what we do out of our head. For some 3,000 years, for 30 centuries, the Israelites practiced Sabbath. And for them, this is how it would work. Their, their Sabbath was on Saturday. That was the holy day. And the day before Sabbath, they would all, everybody in the whole community would bust their butts and work as hard as they could on Thursday to make sure everything was ready for the Sabbath day. Because they weren't going to do any work on the Sabbath day. I want you to imagine like a bunch of ants when you spray water on them. They just run all over the place. And so everybody would get everything together. The, the wives would do all the cleaning. The, the, the young men would help with any of the, the livestock. Everybody was in a hustle to get everything done before the Sabbath day. And then after everything was prepared and everything was ready for the next day, everybody would gather around a table. You'd sit around a table with your closest family, and you would have a meal together. And you would talk about God, and you would talk about each other, and you would talk about life. And after that meal was over, you would, you would say a prayer. They had a prayer that they said every single night before the Sabbath began. And they would, they would pray to God together. They would say, Blessed are you, God, the ruler of the universe, who sanctifies us with the commandment of lighting these Sabbath candles. So why is this Sabbath observed so carefully and consistently by the Jews? And the basic answer is simple. It was one of the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses in the Old Testament. Like for us, a new year is, is great to have a time of reflection, right? Well, the Israelites had a time of reflection every single week, week when they practiced Sabbath. Because every single week for them, it was an opportunity to understand the two things that mattered most. Yahweh, God, the Lord, and each other, community. And another thing that I, I want to I highlight is that when God gave them all these commands, it was with the heart that they were to be holy, that they were to be a people that were set apart. God knew that the Israelites had to be different from the rest of the world if they were going to be close, if they were going to be his people, if they were going to have an intimate relationship with Jesus or with the Lord. So this is what God, this is what God told the Israelites. This is the command in Exodus 20. Uh, verses 8 through 11. He said, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor 
And on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or your female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And on the seventh day he rested. So why, but why is rest so important to God? Why is it so important that we have one day a week where we don't do any work and we focus on who the Lord is and focus on the people around us. Why is that so important to God? It tells us in Genesis 2, 2 that God himself actually rested. Why does God himself actually need to rest? That doesn't make any sense. What, he's the, the creator of the universe. Why would he need to rest? And the word that we see in Genesis that, that God uses is a word that means dwell or hang out. It's called nunach. And what this indicates that in the garden, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, God rested so that he could dwell or hang out and spend time with Adam and Eve. One of the reasons that God rested and he wants us to rest is because he wants to have intimate time with you. If I was to get out my phone and spend the rest of my sermon talking to you as I'm talking to my phone... Or as I'm doing anything, as I'm working or doing something that isn't putting God first, you're not going to have an intimate relationship with God. And God prioritized rest so much that he was willing to say, I'm not doing anything because you matter and I want you to matter to me. That is what God was saying when he chose to rest. We see this really clearly in the story of Mary and Martha. When Jesus is invited to Mary and Martha's house... Jesus comes in, and Mary and Martha are there. And Jesus is this great teacher. He's highly esteemed in the Jewish community. Everybody wanted everything to be perfect for him because he was this great figure. He was a teacher. And so Martha is obsessed with making sure her house is perfect, that all the dishes are done, that the food is perfect, that everything is just right and Mary does the exact opposite. Instead of helping Martha prepare for Jesus' entry and taking care of him, she just, Mary just sits down next to Jesus, and she listens to him. And, and Jesus is talking to her, spending time with her. And this is what Jesus says to Martha. Martha's mad at Mary, and she's like, Why aren't you helping me? Why don't you help me? And Because Martha's confused. And this is what Jesus tells her in Luke 10. He says, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus is saying, stop. What you do doesn't matter. I do. You're going to tell me that the things that we do, and I do this to myself, I believe like, I think this all the time, that the time I spend here at church, that, I'm, that if I don't get a certain thing done here in my job, that things are just going to fall apart. But what I've learned is, if I don't do something, and I, or I can't get to something, God's going to provide. Because if we're stressing about what we do, we lose our focus on who Jesus is. Jesus doesn't care about what you do. He doesn't care how much money you make. He doesn't care... How much, what all you've accomplished, because after you die, the truth is, 
No one will remember what you do. They'll remember who you are and who you spent the most time with. And so Jesus wants us to focus on him. He wants to hang out with us. He wants to spend time with us. We also see one of the, one of the key things, the, the key components of Sabbath, one of the key reasons that it's so important for the Israelites is it was a time to remember and focus on what mattered most. I don't know about y'all, but you can ask anybody on staff here, and they would tell you that I've probably lost my key. They probably had to lend me a set of keys about like 10 to 15 different times because I cannot hang on to anything. My third grade teacher told me that if your head wasn't attached to you, I'm pretty sure that you would lose it. And that has been true my whole life. And so Sabbath is also this time for all of us if we don't have that set in, we forget that God is our number one priority. If we don't have a time to sit back and reflect, we forget that God is our number one priority. Now, many of us, you're sitting here, and, and I know we all have a lot of questions, like what does is, what is a day, a week of rest look like? Or how am I actually going to fit this into my schedule? Because we get out of this Christmas season, and, and we've been really, really busy and if we think about picking one day out of the week to, to rest and not do much of anything except spend time with God and each other, you, you think to yourself, there's no way I can make this happen. Maybe you work in a job that makes you work seven days a week. Maybe you feel like you don't have any way that you can fit this in. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's going to be the best thing you do in 2024. Doing less is going to get you farther than doing more in 2024. H.H. Farmer said it this way, When you go against the grain of the universe, you will get splinters. As followers of Jesus, we're called to be holy, to have a day set apart where we can rest and spend time with God and each other. And so what, what I'm going to... Here are some tips that have kind of helped me practice this as I've, as I've grown in this discipline. Um, one of the things that really helps me is that you have to create margin. And so... What I kind of mean by that is when you look at your week, it's going to feel like you can't, you can't make it happen. Because once you look at it, you're going to be like, well, we have soccer practice this day, and i got to go to the grocery store this day, and I have a birthday party set for this way. But the result of it is you have to, at the beginning of the week, say, no, like I'm going to choose one day a week for me and my family where we are not going to be busy. We are not going to be overworked. And that's just a choice that we have to make. Another thing that is helpful is like for a, lot of, for a lot of us, we need to kind of expand our idea of what it means to rest. So when I say that like we're, we're going to take a Sabbath or that I'm going to take a Sabbath, I don't mean that I'm going to be praying for six hours a day. That's just not realistic. And that's not what God is calling you to do to rest. What he's really saying is do things that help put you in a mindset of worship or help you rest. So for me on my Sabbath, some of the things I like to do I do try to prioritize spending some time with God in the morning, but I love to read. Reading helps me feel rested throughout the week. I love to exercise or spend time in the sauna or do an ice bath. I love to spend time with my wife and, and go on a date most, most days on my Sabbath because that has shown that throughout the week it's, it's helped me rest and prioritize the things in my life that matter most. And then another thing that really is helpful on your, on your one day of Sabbath is to really it's sad that our version of rest is like with something in our face that gives us uh, stimulus like every 30 seconds. 
And so another tip is try, to, try your best to like limit entertainment on that day because if you do, it's, it's just not a good way to connect with God and other people if you're like constantly have like your phone in your face. And so those are, those are some tips on how to do that. And then uh, parents, we have to, parents, you have to set the tone for rest for your kids. If you, if you are letting your kids dictate your schedule, let me just tell you, I work with teenagers right now. I love them to death. They're hilarious. They're a good time. They ask great questions. But if your, parent, or if your kids are dictating your schedule instead of you dictating your schedule for your kids, they're, they're going to grow up believing that they are the most important person in the entire world and not realize that what's important is the people around them and God. So rest helps families. It helps you all prioritize what matters most. And so you're going to get into some arguments. You're going to have to tell your kids, hey, we're not spending the night at so-and-so's house tonight because this is our Sabbath. We're not going to be busy. You might have to say, hey, we're not going to do travel ball this year because we are going to take a Sabbath every Thursday or every Friday or every Sunday. Because spending time with God and spending time with each other, if we don't do that every week, it doesn't matter everything that we fill out our calendar with through 2024. It's just going to kind of, it's just not going to work out. And then finally, I, I think that when, when we think about rest, a lot of times we think of it almost like, a, like an apathetic doctor. Like you go into the doctor, he's like, hey, I, I don't want you to rest at all. And, and it doesn't really come from a place of them really knowing you or what you care about. But when God calls us to rest, he's not, this isn't something that's supposed to be confining or terrible. It's supposed to feel like sitting around a warm fire in your like coziest pajamas with the people that you love most and you're in this like deep and intense conversation. And as you're talking, as you're, as you're being warmed by the fire, maybe you get some hot chocolate or your favorite beverage and you realize you feel like you're a kid again. You feel relaxed. You feel like there's no stress. That's what it's like to rest. And there's still a lot more to learn about this. But I believe that by resting in 2024... By doing less, God is going to bless the other six days of the week that you have for him. So I'm going to go ahead and, and pray for us. Um, Father, just thank you for giving us this invitation to rest, that you don't love us for what we do, but you love us for who we are. We love us, you love us because uh, we've chosen to follow you. Father, just help us do less this year and prioritize spending time with you and each other. In your name, amen. Do less, God bless.